FM Rewind. Drive. Is it good enough? Such a pleasure to always chat with you. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm fine, and how are you doing? I'm absolutely lovely. Now, as we know, for a very long time, the NC has been facing many challenges. I think any political party has been facing challenges. But with Msimang's resignation uh, on top of that, do you feel like it's in line with the challenges that the party is definitely facing, or it's more of a personal decision just to step out? Well, I think it's got more to do with nostalgia on the part of those in the Veterans League, like uh, and Simang, because they sit there in the Veterans League and they remember in ANC, that was defined by integrity, that was defined by relationship with the people that they claim to represent. And they look at the ANC, what the ANC has become now, it is a different animal. It is the direct opposite of what they stood for. So I think you can no longer in, uh, uh, recognize the environment he can no longer be able to recognize the environment in which he exists as an ANC member. It's a whole different environment, and he feels very alien among those people who now call themselves ANC leaders. And with that being said, what is the actual function of a veteran in the ANC? And what is their position in their party? Do they really stand for maybe those values that they really started off when the, the, the party was being built? Um, and is, is his position in him leaving going to affect the ANC as a political party? Well, I think the role of a veteran within the ANC should be an advisory role. But we must understand that the ANC, coming from exile, from unbending, it didn't have a veterans league. So things like veterans league are those that came as a result of some of these resolutions that get taken at different conferences. And they were, they were created as leagues, but they were not given a real power or a real definition of what their power is should be on the ANC itself as the ruling party. So... People like Ntatem Simang, Snooki Zikalala, Chabombeki, Ruth Mumpat, and all those others, they are veterans of the ANC, but the question of the ANC does not put it as a requirement upon the current leadership of the ANC to take advice from them and implement the advice. So they might be there on an advisory role, but they are not really advisors of the ANC. So I think that is where the frustration comes in, because they know what needs to be done, which is how they used to do things. But the problem is that the current leadership might choose to ignore what they are recommending and actually come up with something new, but leaving them still identify themselves as ANC members, which now puts more pressure on them because you say, mm. what kind of leaders are you who belong to a party that is defined by corruption, that is defined by all this uh, society is that today NC represents today? Now, I don't want to say this is verbatim, but he does mention comments of saying that um, there are people who are living luxurious lives with their families in the party. Now, am I not right in saying there are certain benefits by being a veteran of the ANC that maybe he was also not a part of? Or is he just speaking, saying that, no, I'm a good guy, I get this done on my own? I really want to understand his comments around this luxurious lifestyle that he's alluding to the members of the very party that he was a part of. Look, uh, NC members who were once deployed to government, for example, those who were once ministers, they enjoy some of these benefits because being a minister in South Africa really moves you from being a working into a middle class lifestyle. And some of the benefits like those uh, airline tickets that the minister and their families, they, 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 they enjoy what the ministers, I understand, if I'm not mistaken, they continue to work even beyond the ministerial role, which says to you, Malusi Gigaba still enjoys the middle life, the, the middle class lifestyle that he was living when he was a minister. And 
some of these top ANC leaders, they are in business. And being in business, some of them are CEOs that have been deployed. And people get deployed to, to positions where they are earning maybe 10, 11, 16 million. You know, like when somebody's being deployed to a state, an SOE, they might be earning premium. 11, 20 million a year. Sure, and they yeah. are living a kind of life that the ANC does not does not represent. So I think from Simang to talk about the luxurious lifestyle, it speaks much to what the ANC leadership has become. The distance between the leader and the people. You know, mm. when people can go into Palapala and, and be able to steal millions under a couch. Now you ask yourself, if millions can be under a couch, how much is in the bank? Sure. Because we tend to put under a couch the least amount that you intend to take to a bank. So, and... And, and also, overall, you know, it started with Jacob Zuma when Kanda was being built, millions and millions being spent there, moving him from being a farm boy to actually becoming a middle class person. So I think it speaks, it speaks much to that. But the middle class, the black middle class is the creation of the ANC. But from Simon to come out and now bemoan that as being ANC members, I think it's a little disingenuous because not every middle class is ANC, but the black middle class creation of the ANC, which means ANC members were the first on the line most of them are actually middle class and even higher than that. Now, uh, following his departure or resignation, would this affect the ANC cabinet? And uh, obviously with all the challenges ANC has been facing, do you think it's also actually a perfect time also for a cabinet reshuffle as well? No. I don't think the ANC is going to be affected by this. Like Mbalula said uh, a couple of days ago that veterans are decampaigning the ANC. You know, instead of taking good advice, he said they are decampaigning the ANC, which then tells you there's, always, there's already been a breaking of ranks. So I don't think this is going to necessitate the cabinet reshuffle. I don't think this is going to affect the ANC. Because look, Nana, ANC leaders, they know what the ANC has become. They know yeah. the ANC is defined by corruption. They know that you cannot develop a beachfront in Eastern Cape for 87 million. They know that you cannot have a summer, a, a summer award in, in KZN for 22 million. They know, this, they know what is actually happening. So it reached a stage whereby when it talks about the ANC has been infiltrated, when it talks about the ANC leadership being people who, are, who don't have integrity, when the ANC went into its 100th birthday in 2012 and it had an obsession of having a million members, that's where they opened. They knew what they were doing. That when you open a window to people with the lowest denominator to join the ANC, you are going to have tribalists that are going to come into the ANC. You are going to have thieves that are going to come into the ANC. Any person who wants political progress will come into the ANC. So this Smang's action is not going to affect them in any way because... What is saying is not strange. The, the whole thing about renewing the ANC it has been a slogan since, I think, 2012, and no one is doing it. I won't be spoken about the ANC not renewing, because if you renew the ANC, the ANC cannot have so many members that they're saving right now. Most members of the ANC who come from Shimoko, who come from Dikwankwe, who come from all these homeland parties, they are there to further their own narrow agendas, and the ANC allows them to do it because the ANC is so obsessed with numbers. I certainly do agree with you when it comes to that. Now, I do believe uh, by next year, January, uh, something they're celebrating, some sort of anniversary celebration, uh, which is the 111th anniversary. Will we see these uh, veterans who have stepped out be present at such a celebration? Or do you believe that the likes of uh, Mavoso will actually find a different party to push the agenda that he wishes to seek to um, definitely uh, be a part of the South Africans? Well, I don't think Mavusam Simang will join another political party because he, he did say himself that he's going to, to, to be involved in 
looking at South African politics, like in the political life of South Africa. But I doubt that for somebody who spent 60 years as a state in the ANC, it's going to be easy for him to, join, to jump and join another party. Unlike, you remember, Joseph Reman, who spent time in the PAC, went on and joined the Democratic Alliance. But I think for Mavusom Simang, it's not going to be easy. Mavusom Simang was once involved uh, with um, Corruption Watch, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. And... I think he can all return back to civil society because the bigger change in South Africa is not going to be done by political parties or by people jumping from one political party to the other, but it's actually going to be done by civil society. Let's not forget that when the ANC government could not deliver textbooks in Limpopo in 2016 for eight months, it was not veterans who got the ANC to deliver. It was not opposition parties. It was an NGO called Section 27 that went to court and compelled government to deliver textbooks. So NGOs like Section 27, Freedom Under Law, Helen Sussman Foundation, those are organizations that when you want to make change, not because the ones I mentioned that I just talked about. Yes, yes. Those are the ones that you actually need to go and join and enhance their capacity Mm -hmm. to to hold government responsible because in the current electoral setup, Politicians or, or members of parliament cannot hold their parties accountable because they are not elected by the people. So in the absence of an electoral system that puts the people directly with the member of parliament, I think people like Msimang will be better utilized as he was in Corruption Watch in, in, a lot of this, in, in a lot of the civil society that can hold government accountable, that can demand that money be made available for NPA to prosecute crimes, that can actually take government to court and be able to embarrass it and get yeah, yeah. so the government can just start acting right. Sure. Yo, Mr. Gunnar, thank you so much for chatting us on this uh, conversation. Uh, it's always such a pleasure to uh, step into your mind and see how we can uh, definitely analyze this as well. Have a fantastic afternoon going forward. Hope to chat to you soon. Same to you, Nana. Goodbye. FM Drive. FM Rewind. 88.1.